Today on Goodbye Heartbreak, Hello Purpose. At the time, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just taking advice from whoever gave it because I was desperate, right? Like I was looking, I was trying to be happy. Hey sis, welcome to the Goodbye Heartbreak, Hello Purpose podcast. The place where you learn how to move forward from heartbreak and achieve wholeness through emotional healing, spiritual growth, uncovering identity and behavior patterns, and saying yes to the calling God placed on your life. I'm your host, Candice Baddies, and I know what it's like to be heartbroken and confused about who you are and what God created you to do. But I also know what it's like to be healed and hold with clarity. If you're ready to have your broken heart mended, grow your faith, and discover who you are, why you do what you do, and what you were created to do, look no further. You're definitely in the right place. So kick off those cute shoes that's been hurting your feet all day and turn me up in those earbuds. We're about to get into it. Hey sis, and thank you for joining me for this special bonus episode of Goodbye Heartbreak Hello Purpose. So you guys, you know I told you before that sometimes the Lord gives you orders to do some things and it's up to you whether or not you're going to be obedient. So I had not planned on doing a bonus episode this week. I was like, okay, I've done one for the past two weeks and I was like, cool, it's not my idea to do a bonus episode every week. But he told me that I needed to air this very specific episode on today and I am being obedient I didn't want to be obedient. I was like, Lord, I'm tired. <laughs> and, he, and he told me this on Tuesday night. So I was like, oh, goodness, let me get it together so that I can be obedient. I'm sharing that part with you because I believe that, you know, this is not for my benefit. I believe it is for the benefit of someone who needs to hear this episode, which means I need you guys to help me cast this net wide for whoever needs to hear this episode. So make sure you share it on your socials, tag me in it when you share. And also you can uh, share it with a friend, send it through a text who you think may need to hear this episode. So before we get started with it, let me go ahead and read a five star written review. And it is from Little I, and it is titled Spiritual Growth on Fleek, a five-star written review. And then she says, I really love how God is using Candace. The content is so insightful. This is a show I'm going to keep in my back pocket for my friends, family, and clients who need support when it comes to healing after heartbreak. Keep it up, says, this is good, in all caps. Blessings, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach, her renewed strength, the podcast. So you guys, spoiler, that is our guest for today. <laughs> yes, our bonus episode is with a guest. She's our guest today and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. You guys, she has such a great story and like it's so interesting. She kept me on the edge of my seat. So good that we had to split this thing up into two episodes because it went on for like we talked to each other for like an hour. It was just such a great episode. She's an amazing person. We still keep in touch. Like we kind of met on this journey. I told y'all I've met like so many new amazing people. So we met on this journey, but we keep in touch because she's so, so awesome. I love her story. She's so genuine and authentic and she gets raw on this episode. Y'all, she shares all the things, all the deeds from her life. And so I love it. And I can't wait for you guys to hear what she has to say. So let me tell you, um, Erica Diaz Castro, also known as 
like I said, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach is a wife. She's a mom, and she's a podcaster. She's the host of the podcast, Her Renewed Strength, where she helps Christian women who are stressed, overwhelmed, or on their way, or even back from burnout. She helps encourage Christian women to walk by faith and equip them to live well, steward well, and set their minds on eternity. You guys help me to welcome Erica Diaz Castro, our Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. Come on, Erica. Hey, y'all. Well, uh, thank you for having me. I'm very grateful to be here, and I just want to thank God for the opportunity to have connected us. I sometimes you know, get with people on Facebook and it doesn't go absolutely anywhere. And this happened literally from one day to the next. So that was really cool. Um, I'm Erica. I am a Christian life coach for women who struggle with anxiety. Um, on my podcast, I call myself your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach. Um, and, you know, I think the biggest thing that I like to share about myself is that I love Jesus and because of Jesus, my life has been transformed and I get to help other women kind of figure out what it is that they are moving towards and working through. And we let God take it from there. Awesome. Awesome. So Erica is also a wife and a mother, and she is living such a great and blessed life. Uh, But she has her single season story that she's going to share with us. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. You know, I was one of those girls or people, because guys do it too, who very rarely went through a single season. I was kind of in serial relationships. And um, there was a very short season, probably about nine to 10 months when I was actually single. And during that time, I had actually separated from my boyfriend, who's now my husband. Um, And we were college sweethearts, I had started dating him after a very toxic, very, very unhealthy relationship. And I had a lot of trust issues and things that were like deep rooted in me from childhood, primarily because I had a pretty unhealthy relationship with my dad. And so in this relationship with my now husband, it was the first time that I was in a healthy relationship. And I can't say that I I knew what to do with that. And so I ended up stepping away from that because I found myself unhappy and kind of trying to figure out if it was me or if it was him or if it was both. And um, I remember vividly, it was, I'm a Broncos fan. It was the night that the Broncos lost to the Ravens. I don't know if anybody remembers in 2013, the lights in the stadium went out. And um, that night, something clicked in me and I realized that I couldn't be in a relationship. And so I broke up with him like on the way home from a sports bar. Um, and we were living together at the time. So it, it felt like a divorce for, at that point because we had to figure out who was getting what. And like, you know, we went through like a separation where someone had to move out and we had to divvy up things. And um, during that time, I was coping with stress and heartbreak with drugs and alcohol. And that had been my pattern since I was a teenager. I started using alcohol when I was 15 and I started using drugs when I was 16. And it didn't stop. I went through, you know, very short seasons when I, I didn't taken, you know, substances, but those seasons were very short-lived. And during this particular season, 
I, you know, I, I told him I was trying to find myself and I, I had just accepted Jesus as my Lord and savior, like kind of intellectually, if that makes sense. Like I had made in my mind, um, this kind of decision, like, oh, I'm going to come back to Jesus. I grew up Catholic and then I stepped away from the Lord for about five years. And then this, you know, something happened and I came back to Jesus. But then I broke up with him a couple of weeks later and I started getting into all of this like self-help stuff. I started reading a lot of self-help books and you know, a lot of these self-help people are dabbling in the new age. And I ended up going really deep into new age practices. And um, it just led me down a very windy, unhealthy and internally toxic road. To, to the outside world, I look like I was positive. People used to tell me all the time, I love your energy. You radiate like you're, you know, people talk a, a lot about energy when you're in that type of stuff. And people used to tell me all the time, we love being around you. Um, you're, you're a light. But inside, I was struggling with depression. I didn't know I had anxiety because I had been you know, on drugs for so long and it, I was always high. And so I never had the opportunity really to come down and like deal with the anxiety. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was a season of like more pain. I thought that I was healing and what I was doing was actually digging myself into a deeper ditch. Gotcha. So you talked about, you know, um, after you separated from your, um, you know, now husband, but then boyfriend. Um, after that breakup, you started dabbling with some of the new age stuff. Like, can you kind of explain like what that what that looks like, like what that was? Yeah. So one of the things that I did was I started meditating. And anybody who struggles with anxiety, even psychologists and psychiatrists now, not so much psychiatrists, but if you see like a psychotherapist, they might invite you to consider meditation. So I started seeing a therapist. And I told you I had some issues with my dad for a really long time. My dad was an alcoholic and um, he didn't have a healthy background of like talking through things. So mm -hmm. when he had these outbursts of anger, especially when he was drunk, he would take it out on me. And so I, I very early on in life was rebellious and I kind of carried that with me. So I went to this therapist and I'm like, you know, I don't know why I left my boyfriend, but I feel unhappy and I don't know if it's me or if it's him. And what I found was that I was carrying all this stuff from when I was younger. So she tells me, you know, one of the things that I invite my, my clients to do is my patients, right? They don't call us clients. My patience to do is to meditate. I think you would benefit from meditating. This is how you do it. So she shows me how to meditate, and I'm like, all right, cool. So then I share that with a friend whose husband was like really into a lot of new age things. So he tells me about Kundalini meditation, which is like another level of meditation. And at the time, I didn't know what I was doing, I was mm -hmm. just taking advice from whoever gave it because I was desperate, right? Like I was looking, I was trying to be happy. And let me just say, let me pause and say, I did not open my Bible yet at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't know what to compare any of this to. I just thought it was great advice. Mm -hmm. So, so 
after I start meditating, my therapist tells me to pick up this book, The Secret. And The Secret essentially is just the law of attraction. And we know the law of attraction is you kind of playing God and trying to manifest or like attract things with your mind. Like if you think about the thing long enough, eventually it'll come to you. Something like that, right? Okay. And um, so I started doing that. And of course, because I was open to all of these things, I was also open to other spiritual things. Like if it was spiritual, I was into it. Mm-hmm. And I end up seeing a psychic. I was driving home one night and I see this sign, psychic, and something tells me, go see her. So, or go see this person. I didn't know if it was a dude or, or a lady. And so I go in and she is very warm and very welcoming. And um, she tells me a bunch of things that make sense. And I believe her and I start seeing her regularly. She became... Um, in the Latino community, a lot of people actually dabble in like psychics. They might not call them psychics. They'll say, mm-hmm. I have a lady because it's usually <laughs> a lady. Uh-huh. And so she became my lady. And so I would see her once a week, once every couple weeks. She would do, um, she would give me like essentially like little potions and she'd be like, you know, sprinkle this in your bath water and like do this or say this. And, um, it just kind of grew from there. And I started, because I was already dabbling in psychedelics, I was also open to um, visualization. And I like I started to like experience supernatural things that were, I knew as I was experiencing them was not, they were not good spirits. And I could, it was demonic for sure. And I knew that, but I was open to it. I was just like kind of engaging with it mm-hmm. and being okay with it because I felt like I was powerful in a sense. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah, it was it was a hot mess. <laughs> all right. So that's a lot to dig into. And so like you're, like you're saying that you tried all these things. So there's a little timeline. You know, you did accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior again. But then oh. after that, like accepting is one thing, but it's like not um, building the relationship and not yeah. applying. It. So you don't have anything to apply because there's, you know, you're not into it yet. So that's something that I just kind of want to point out to like my listeners, because I talk about how important relationship is. There's so many out there who are saved. They were like, you know, I, I, people say, I, I know God, I believe in God. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. But also the relationship part is important because of what Erica is sharing with us today. She was saved essentially, but she didn't have the relationship piece, which, uh, but she was seeking something, right? Like you mm-hmm. were seeking um, healing yeah. and you were open to all these different things. So where, like, where did it go from there? Like how, like, did you enter into other relationships um, during this time before you got back to your husband? Like what, what happened from there? Yeah, so the psychic plays a big role because she was the person who ironically taught me how to pray. And in Catholic tradition, you pray our fathers and Hail Marys. And um, she says to me, I want you to pray tonight about your relationship. So she told me, and a big part of what she, the, the role that she played was like kind of helping me cleanse myself 
of these old relationships. So she had me bring in boxes of like all the things that I had from old boyfriends and she did whatever she did with them. And I thought that I had brought out all the boxes. Um, and I learned, I later learned like years later that I, I didn't actually find all the boxes. I had the one box of my husband's stuff that was like dug in a corner, like of some closet in my mom's house. Um, but she was trying to like help me cleanse myself, quote unquote. Right. And so she tells me, I want you to pray. And I was like, I don't, I don't really know how to pray. I just know how to pray our fathers. Cause that's what I grew up doing. Mm-hmm. And she tells me, whatever you pray, you want to pray in Jesus name. And so one of my best friends who's still one of my best friends now, I hit her up and I was like, you know, I started seeing this psychic and she's like, Oh, I don't know about you. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like the most devout Christian I knew at the time. And I tell her, you know, she told me to pray. And I wonder what you think about this. She told me to pray in Jesus name. And she was like, your psychic told you that? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I was like, that's what she said. I never knew that I should be praying in Jesus name. She's like, well, she's not wrong. I just am very, you know, confused as to like why she would do that if her position is to be tapping into these other realms. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, but I took her advice and I started praying in Jesus name. So she's like, all right, well, I'm not mad at that, but you know, just be careful. Um, and she's the kind of person who doesn't like give advice unless you ask for it. So she was trying to like tread lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know Loki, she was praying for me a lot and um, I'm grateful for that. And you need those friends. Amen. So that was in about April of 2013. So this is about four months after I had broken up with um, my now husband, then boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And when we were broken up, we we tried to like kind of date each other again because I felt as though he had just kind of gotten to the point where he was comfortable and didn't want to like court me or date me, which makes sense because we were already living together. But in my head, like the romance should have kept on, you know? Right. And I felt like he was more annoyed with me, which also makes sense because he was never, he never had the vices I had. So me being involved with like drugs and alcohol and I loved partying, he wasn't into that. And so he was very over it very quickly. And so we would here and there date each other. And eventually we would get back to this point where he's like, stop with the madness. Let's get back together. Cause I want to get married and have kids and buy a house and all these things. And I was like, that's not where I'm at. Like, you're not listening. You know, Mm -hmm. it just felt like he was only paying attention to what he wanted and not what I wanted. So we ended up discontinuing like contact. We didn't communicate. And, um, a long story short, I had been speaking to someone on the internet for years and years and years, and I had never met them. And so I end up meeting a person who's connected to this person um, and kind of falling for this person unintentionally. And then I learned that this person who was a woman was actually pretending to be this guy who I had met on the internet. And so I learned that I'm catfished. And the last prayer that I prayed before I had 
lost my faith all those years ago was that if God would let me meet this person, I would try to have a relationship with them no matter the, the hurdle. And I suddenly remember that prayer because it's literally the last prayer I prayed mm-hmm. before I walked away from the Lord. And I'm like, dang, I didn't know that she was, I didn't know that he was a she and I didn't know that like this would happen. Mm-hmm. So we, we obviously there's trust issues because at that point I know that she's been lying to me all these years. Um, but I being open-minded <laughs> and she was into all the same things I was into. She did the same drugs. She didn't drink, but she was into the same music and we were both, you know, collected sneakers and all these things. And it kind of worked for where I was at. So I made the decision to just forgive her and try to have a relationship with her and try to make it work. Um, But I wouldn't commit to just her because I was, it was like my way of keeping her at a distance because I still had these issues where I trusted her um, or I didn't trust her. And so I dated other people. Um, And when I say dated, I was being promiscuous and I found comfort in other people. Um, at the same time that I was finding comfort in substances. And so, you know, I, I think because I was so in this like really low place and had no standards, no moral compass, no objective moral compass, I was a good person, quote unquote, but I wasn't like adhering to the truth of what God's word says about what is right and wrong uh, because I didn't know it because I wasn't reading mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um. I ended up being involved with a number of people before I end up agreeing to be in a relationship with her. And so I date her exclusively for probably about seven months. And then it kind of came to an abrupt stop. And I realized I didn't want to be with her because of like deep seated trust issues naturally. Mm-hmm. And because the relationship didn't feel natural, like I always felt like one of us had to be more dominant. One of us had to be more aggressive. One of us had to kind of like come out of character so that the dynamic would work. And I started realizing maybe this isn't what God wants. You know, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of lust. There was a lot, of course, of affection because I had built up an emotional relationship with this person. Um, But ultimately it wasn't something that was good. And it Mm -hmm. also wasn't helping me. Like I didn't feel better being in this relationship. You know, I was constantly like in this world of like convincing myself that I could do it. Mm -hmm. It was a weird thing. Um, And then along the way, I was still friends on and off with my ex, who's now my husband. And I I genuinely had this, like, strong love, just, like, unconditional love. Even if he said something I didn't like, I was, like, I found myself just, like, wishing the absolute best for him and, like, from afar forgiving him in my heart and just feeling, like, I didn't want to disappoint him and I didn't want to like dishonor him. So I wouldn't get back into a relationship with him because I was so dysfunctional on my own. And um, I missed him, you know, Mm -hmm. 
there was this like feeling of anytime I saw him, it was like, oh, that's like, I kind of saw him as my husband in my mm. heart. And I was like, oh, there's my boo. But like, he's actually <laughs> not my boo, so I got to keep it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, man, so would you say like you felt convictions, I guess? Yeah. Like you, you didn't know that that's what it was at that time yeah. when you were, uh, you know, out there seeking something, engaging in, you know, I guess ungodly relationships and promiscuity yeah. and homosexuality and all these things. Mm-hmm. Like, did you, like, you were like, you always had to keep con- trying to convince yourself, but the convictions, I, it sounds like, is what kept rising up yeah. in you that made you feel like this is not right. To the short answer is absolutely. And again, you you nailed it. I didn't know that's what it was. But what I can say is that I also struggled and still struggle with pride. And this sense of pride that I didn't realize I had, it was only like last year that I came to realize it and really be, you know, able to see it. Um, by the grace of God, because I was I had these blinders on for so long. But during that time, this sense of pride continued to hinder my ability to move on from the things I was doing, because I had adopted my habits as if as kind of an identity. And mm-hmm. so, parting ways with the things I did meant giving up part of myself at the time. And mm-hmm. so, there was this part of me that wanted to move on from it all and just be on a clean slate, right? But then this other part of me, this stronger part of me was wrestling internally with the other side saying, if you give into this, you're letting him win. You're giving up who you are so that you can fit his mold of what he wants in a woman. And I didn't want to do that because I, number one, wasn't ready to give up my vices. And number two, I had given into the world's propaganda that you are what you do, you know? Mm-hmm. I see. And so like uh, this, it, it so ties into a lot of the things that we talk about here on a podcast because, you know, one, you were seeking something that you can only get from God, which mm-hmm. was the healing, which yeah. was the identity. But, you know, you can get your identity from the world, but then, I mean, where does that leave you if mm-hmm. you're getting your identity wrapped up in, like you said, what you do rather than who God says you are? That's right. And so at what point do you feel like you were able to um, turn that around? Like at what point do you feel like you were able to um, maybe pick up your Bible and start saying like, what is it that who does God say I am? Because that's what I want the women. Like I tell them all the time, you can't, if you're trying to heal from heartbreak, um, anything, but we talk about heartbreak here. If you're trying to heal from heartbreak, you can't numb it with drugs, with alcohol, with food, mm-hmm. with whatever. You can't run to another person to heal and fix what only God can heal and fix. And yeah. you can't look to others to tell you who you are. You have to know who you are. And the only way you find that out is in the word of God. Mm-hmm. So at what point do you feel like you hit a wall and you were able to maybe pick that Bible up and start seeing what it is God said about you. Mm-hmm. So all of this happened between 2013 and 2014. At the end of 2014, I was in a single season and he and I, 
um, my husband, my now husband, and I had started spending more time together. And before that, I had dated a guy who was Muslim, and he was really into his faith. And it inspired me to want to be into my faith. But as I like interacted with him more and actually got to know him, I was like, well, this is, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. So I ended up being single. And a couple months down the line, my husband and I are college sweethearts. So we had the same friends. And so our friends had this barbecue every year. And we get we get to this barbecue. I got there on my own. He gets there on his own. And when we see each other, he makes a joke. And the way our relationship is, we're just always making jokes. We're like two comedians in a relationship. And so he cracks a joke. And I was it, it was the icebreaker I needed to know that he and I were okay. Because we hadn't seen each other in months. We hadn't talked in so long. He had faded me for a while. And so after that, we start hanging out. And we, after a very short amount of time, like a day, we end up, being intimate with each other. And so it kind of became this like unofficial dating situation. And it wasn't until we had a pregnancy scare that we were like, what are we doing? Um, and so we did have a hard conversation and it, un it unveils all these issues that existed before we had separated, but then were like exacerbated because of the separation and what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And um, we decided we're going to move on from it. And at the end of that year, I wanted... What I wanted was to be okay, independent of him. And I will never forget, my, my aunt reaches out to me and she's like, hey, I'm going to church today. Do you want to come? My aunt doesn't hit me up. She's <laughs> like, I see her on holidays and birthdays, right? Okay. And she reaches out and she's like, hey, I'm going to go to church. Do you want me to pick you up? You want to come? And I was like, oh, okay, I'll go. Sure. Because I'm always down for whatever. That was always my personality. So I'll go to church, you know? And she picks me up and the church ends up being like a block away from where I lived at the time. So I'm like, oh, this is really convenient. I walk in and as soon as I walk in, there's worship music on and I just start bawling. Mm. And I remember there was, you know, this invitation to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And even though all those years before I had in my mind said like, Jesus, I'll never forsake you again. I hadn't outright like said the words, I wanna follow you. I will, like you are my Lord and savior. I just said in my heart, I'll never forsake you again. Mm -hmm. Even though my actions said otherwise. But they have this invitation and I remember I wanted to raise my hand and something kept me from raising my hand. So I didn't. The next week, she's like, hey, I'm going back to church. You want me to pick you up? And I was like, you know what? Since it's so close to my house, I'll walk. So I meet her there. And that time, it was in December. Um, I don't know if you're, you know, what East Coast cold weather is like. It was brick, <laughs> brick. It was so cold. And I just was like, no matter what, I'm going to get to church. Like, oh, wow. I'll walk there. Um and so I get there and they have the same invitation at the end of the service. And I raise my hand and I just, I'm like crying, like boogers, so many sobbing, right? Mm -hmm. And after that, I made a determination 
to read the Bible because I wanted to know what I actually believed. And so I committed to doing the Bible in a year. And um, at the time I was competing in bodybuilding. So I was always in the gym. And instead of listening to music, I would listen to my Bible. The Bible app will actually read to you. And so I remember like reading or listening to the words. I'm like, oh my gosh, first of all, this is like a novella. Like this is, there's crazy dramatic stories in this book. People went through some things, you know? And in the Old Testament, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like these people had relationship problems beyond what I could even think about um, with more complications. And then, you know, listening to the gospels and listening to Jesus's words. And after that, I had this hunger. I had prayed for a hunger for the word because my one friend who had told me, like, be careful with these psychics, mm-hmm. um, she was always in her Bible. So she extends an invitation to me and she's like, come to my church. And I was like, all right, I'll go. Like, I was just down for whatever. So I went to her church and they're reading the Bible word for word at this service. And I was like, you guys do that here? Like, you want to do that, you know? Um, and I wanted to do that too. So I had asked God, please help me want to read your your word because I can't, unless I'm like in the gym because I'm disciplined to my training, like I really struggle to get this thing open, you know? Right. And from there, the hunger grew. And so I started reading and studying it more in 2016. And in 2016, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, wow. wow. So, and it was honestly, so my husband and I had gotten back together. And um, y'all, were so just, y'all were dating? We were just dating, yeah. And so we ended up moving to California together because we're from New Jersey. And we come to California in July, in like, middle of June, we leave on vacation. He proposes, we come back. And a couple months later, we got married. And then five weeks later, I was diagnosed with cancer. Sis, did I not tell you that this was going to be a good episode? I'm telling you, Erica's story, like I said, is so interesting, so captivating just to hear all the things that she went through, walked through. And man, I can't wait until next week for y'all to kind of hear how she really came up out of all of this stuff that she walked through. Um, I love how she's so genuine, authentic. She really gets vulnerable and shares the real details of her story and the things that she has gone through. And man, I just hope that someone who's listening who may who may connect with some of the things she said or all the things that she said, you know, really finds, I want you to find some comfort one in knowing that you're not alone on this journey, that there's people who's been there before, you know, and there's people that you can turn to. There are, you're like I said, you're just not alone and God sees you and he's with you. And even though you make choices that may be questionable or you have made choices that are questionable or, you know, we all have. And so God is here to, he wants to restore us, renew us, and, you know, he's going to help us on our journey. Erica, you know, she had a lot of things, like I said, that she, you know, she was looking for. She was desperate for love. She wanted to be happy. And so 
I'm just so happy that she really like opened up and shared the real real with us you guys and so yes she left us with a little bit of a cliffhanger there but come back next week for another bonus episode so you can hear the rest of Erica's story and how she walked with God partnered with him to find purpose out of all the things that she went through all right I love you, sis. Don't forget to share this episode, share it on the socials, share it with a friend, anybody who you think who would need it and benefit from it because God said to do this episode today just for you. All right. I love y'all. Bye, sis. Hey, sis. Listen, if you've been blessed, changed or inspired by this podcast in any way, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. This is the number one way that you can thank me and show support for the show. Also, if this podcast blessed you, don't keep it to yourself. Do a quick share and bless someone else. Please know I am so grateful for each and every one of you, and I would love to hear from you. Come connect with me and other like-minded individuals in my Facebook group called Christian Women Overcoming Heartbreak and Finding Purpose. I can't wait to meet you back here really soon. Until then, remember to love the life you have while you're making it better. Love you, sis.